Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to a, a curious episode number, where we're going to talk about a warrior specialization called the Champion. Did you just? I did. We only well, have uh, two specializations left to pick from, and they're both kind of the most basic ones. So this is probably going to be a pretty quick episode, because Champion's not got a lot of lore behind it. It's true. So, we'll be mostly just talking about the mechanics and uh, some combinations with other specializations and some talent suggestions, because it's not really specific to anywhere in Thetis. Yeah, besides, y'all got a huge Jungo episode last time. It's true. So, uh, this time is a little bit shorter. Yeah, we're going to be getting to it nice and quick. Uh, first, we're going to make a quick shout out to our good friends at the Movie Defenders. They are covering a movie that they admit needs no defense, uh, but they wanted to talk about it anyway. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, we are gonna go see it on Saturday, so mm-hmm. we're gonna go see it soon. We're so excited. by the by the if you're not a patron, by the time you've heard this, we've seen it. Yes, I I suspect we will like it. I'm that's what I'm suspecting too. Also, as of the uh, day of recording, just everybody uh, wish Ren a belated happy birthday because Yay. today is their birthday. Today is their birthday. Twenty, the ripe old age of twenty-eight. Yeah, I don't want to talk about hmm. how old people are. You know, that's what we're here for. Talk about age. Hey, talk about age. Now, the the movie is not quite all they're covering. It sounds like they got a nice long episode with lots of things about some actors uh, getting kids into some D&D, some folks at the Golden Globes, uh, about a new Batman movie script, something about that. Uh, But we recommend checking them out. Uh, they also have a new segment that they that they mentioned they're going to be revealing, which is non-spoiler <coughs> reviews. They're going to let you know when to stop listening if you don't want the movie spoiled. That's nice. Yes. Very good. Very I good choice for like folks. That. Uh, we haven't got any news this week in Thetis. Uh, we were ho- we we're hoping that this is supposed to be the month when Faces of Thetis at least gets pre-orders out. Oh, boy. It sounds like they're close. We understand <laughs> that the book is basically done. They just need the final go from Bioware to actually send it to the printers. Yeah. So. That's rough. And, of course, Bioware is busy. We know they're probably already working on Dragon Age 4. Uh, Anthem is coming very soon, so they're probably losing their minds over that one. So, mm-hmm. you know... We know there's a lot going on. Ideally, by the next episode, we'll have some more news for you. Uh, and if not, we'll be keeping our ears to the ground for you folks and letting you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we will be absolutely pre-ordering that book, uh, getting it in physical form, and reading the crud out of it. And we will be telling you all about it when it comes out. But not all about it. Because you got to buy the book for yourself. Yes. Correct. It wouldn't be... Wouldn't be super. Wouldn't be a super exciting book if you knew everything that was in it already. So yeah. you know, we'll just we'll give you lots of good reasons to go get it. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead uh, and open our books to the codex? You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but oh, good. Thank you. I'm. Going to regret Welcome this, to aren't I? The Codex. It's going to be a quick one this time because we've only got one question to work with. Uh, but it is the, the still one a good who never one. lets us down. Exactly, Parsival from the Green Running Forums. Thanks again, Parsival's question. Uh, 
Once it will, uh, uh, doesn't quite start with the, in the form of a question, but Parcival writes, I agree with pretty much everything you discussed in this episode. Which episode, which was uh, our previous? Were, let's say, which was our previous episode, specifically episode 68. Um, what... Uh, and I only have one query for your consideration. What do you think of pre-generated PCs for campaigns? I used to be dubious myself, but found that playing many convention games got me used to running them, and I actually now find it much easier to leap into one's skin than create my own. To an extent, all the Bioware computer game protagonists are pre-gens, after all. Certainly in my own campaign, I use the Agents from Dragon Age Inquisition multiplayer game as the templates for the PCs, and it has worked out great. Anyway, keep up the good work. Well, thank you. And that's actually an interesting point, that, uh... In all of the actual computer games, you're playing a bunch of regens. That's true. That's how that works. You don't get to build. You know, I mean, to a to a degree, you, you get to build Cassandra. Mechanically, you get, you get to, to build these people, but but, but they come prepackaged. They've yeah. got their own backstories. They've got a lot of them, especially if you're playing Dragon Age Two. They have their own unique specializations to play. So yeah. it's it's a fair point to bring up. I think it really depends on your table, like. If you've got people who really want to get in depth about a character that they have, then obviously this is not going to be the choice for them. I don't think this would be great for our group in yeah, we, particular. Because you guys... are a bunch of Shakespeare nerds. Correct. Like, we just want to make characters and make them feel things. Uh-huh. Uh, but it could also be very... It could be very good for folks who are new. Uh, oh, absolutely. To, to either to the game itself or maybe to Dragon Age altogether. Well, people who are looking, even for people like us who are looking for a new experience or for a more casual experience, mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea. Like, it's true. It could give them, it's like, okay, well, I have to think less about how this character operates and have to think less about how to build this person's personality. Mm-hmm. You but, might end uh, up being a little less attached to them. <clears throat> that is true. But there is, of course, like a happy medium. Because you could say have pregens at level one, mm-hmm. but you decide you as the player decide where that character goes as far as levels up. But like kind of like Bioware, where you as the player, as, by interacting with these characters, determine how they develop as characters and also mechanically how they develop. Mm-hmm. So if you were to do something like that, start with a pregen and then I sort like of that. put the put the uh, power in the hands of the players after that, that could be really good. It would be very quintessentially a Bioware kind of kind of style to go away. To go yes, away. and in the end, just do do what makes you happy. We're all here to uh, fight Templars and smooch people. So yep, pretty much those two. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for your question. As always, Parsible, we always appreciate it. If you out there have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a message to onesathetispodcast at gmail.com, send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Kant the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Kant or Lise on the D20 radio forums. That's, That's us. us. Now I'm going to get so much flack from, like, pro Templar players. Fight me. Uh, Maybe don't actually fight me. You can have your opinion. It's fine. Mm. Uh, We're going to be skipping the distant verses this time. We haven't got uh, much to share just yet that we've got, like, lots of... uh approval for or that we have uh, mm-hmm. permission to share so once we have gonna, permission to share these yes. things we'll be we getting share. in we'll get into those hopefully we'll be getting some more stuff next episode uh but for now uh i think that we need to uh get to our main topic guess you could say you're champing at the bit uh. is it fate or chance i can never decide
You didn't give me much time for that one. So no, I, I didn't. think I did pretty well on the fly. Uh, you're just mad. So you're a champion, not specifically Hawk necessarily, but potentially, you know. Uh, turn to page seventy-one of the core rulebook, and you can see that spec for yourself. Uh, if you're an arachnophobe, if you're an arachnophobe, a, a spider on the other page. Yes, we we happen across it very often, unfortunately. I hate that picture. <laughs> So, so what is a champion? Uh, while there technically is a title that is given to exemplary individuals in the free marches, we are not talking about that kind of champion. Champion, in this case, refers to the specialization for warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, a champion is a warrior who leads in the front. Feels kind of paladin-y, minus, a little the, bit. minus the sort of, like, me- mechanical virtue. Mm-hmm. The little bits of spell casting or the healing. Uh, yeah. Or the smiting. Or the dedication to good alignment or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. Because you can definitely be a champion of evil. Yeah, we fought some. One of our bad guys was a champion. Yes, he was. Uh, also a reaver, wasn't he? Yeah. Or Thanks. was he a berserker? Uh, no. You know what? Either way, he caused us a lot of pain. <laughs> Either way, it was a, it was a problem. Uh, champions are the first, one in, uh, first ones in and the last ones out, charging into the fray with a mighty battle cry that not only inspires their allies, but strikes fear into their enemies. You are a leader in armor, raising your weapon to the sky to carry the day. The specialization is a pretty straightforward one, and it's also not specific to any culture, martial practice, or time period of Thetis. So, it is within reason for GMs to consider this spec always available, quote-unquote due to its general nature and fair ease of access. Yeah, seems pretty easy to be able to learn how to do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is pretty much just being a battle commander. Pretty much. Kind of like how Shadow just means <laughs> that you're you're a sneaky rogue. You're a sneak thief. Uh, Blood Mage just means you're a you, mage who made you some gave poor in. choices. You gave in. Yeah. So, uh, who else in Dragon Age is a champion? To give you some suggestions on how champions might work and what kinds of people they are. Uh, Blackwall in Dragon Age Inquisition has the champion specialization. Uh, Eamon and Tegan Guerin, Guerin, that's it. Well, Ban Tegan and Arl Eamon from Dragon Age Origins—they're both champions. Uh, Myrie from the Dragon Age uh, Origins Witch Hunt uh, DLC, she was a champion. Uh, Logain Mactier from Origins uh, and potentially, guy. potentially Dragon Age Inquisition. But probably mm-hmm. not. But probably not. Uh, has the champion specialization. Um, you know, most of the characters who have the spec are leaders or nobles. Um, and I imagine that even though there are not a lot of, of examples of them in Dragon Age lore, you could probably find some pretty easy. Or even yeah. just make some. It just you know they they tend to come from they tend to come from nobility or from. Uh, I feel like Kalen was aiming a, for this. I could definitely see Kalen being a champion. That make a lot of sense. Sweet puppy king. Sweet puppy king. Now, uh, how do you go about unlocking this spec? The requirements are you need a communication and a strength of three or higher. With one of those being a primary ability and one of them being a secondary ability, by level six, this is quite possible. This is not so mm-hmm. hard. Assuming that you start with a positive digit in both of those, and we really hope so. Yeah, and honestly, like I still stick to the argument that it is easier in this game for mages and warriors to become socialites mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, the fact that they made it a secondary ability for them means that it is easier for them mm-hmm. On to... their off-levels. Yeah, to spill points into it and not sacrifice their combat abilities. Mm-hmm. True story. 
Now, uh, having a decent communication is also going to help your party. Uh, so consider having your warrior be socially adept when considering the specialization. The standard methods of obtaining a specialization can all apply. There are probably plenty of books on leadership that can grant access to the spec. There are likely no shortage of NPCs with access to the spec who can teach it to your PCs. Uh, you might even have a small arc of your campaign where your warrior finds the strength to lead others and unlocks the spec themselves. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, like, from a Lord of the Rings perspective, this is a very Aragorn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Who went from ranger to champion, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty good. Totes. Went for it. Like, so yeah, if you have, a, if you can think of a good way to cause that character development, that can be a completely legit way to get this Absolutely. Spec. Uh, it's pro. It's a pretty straightforward spec to obtain. Your character just learns to become a leader. Mostly, you know, like a, a combat leader. But you know, having a communication, having a decent communication, also could mean that you're also like a, a leader in role playing encounters, or at mm-hmm. least somebody who can help out in role playing encounters. Yes. So, what does this spec do? You're kind of a bard like warrior and a little bit of paladin, enhancing your allies and weakening your enemies. Uh, it is worth noting that the champion specialization in Inquisition is very different from the version in Origins. The tabletop RPG version more closely resembles the Origins version in mm-hmm. that it borrows names. It borrows names directly from it. Uh, and the Inquisition one is... I never actually looked at it very closely until I started doing research for this episode, and I think i got to try it out. Maybe I don't sounds know how to play it. Sounds pretty nifty. It's real cool. Um... The novice degree of the specialization is when you charge somebody. Use the charge action. Enemies within eight yards of your final position take a minus one penalty on attack rolls on their next turn. Uh, because you unnerved them with a battle cry. It's a little debuff that you can activate multiple times in a combat because it's whenever you charge. Uh, if you find multiple targets or even use a move action to move away from your target and then charge them again, you can keep this going every round. It may look a little silly to have you bouncing off the same foe, you know, attacking them, running away, and then screaming back into the fray. Uh, so, I mean, mechanically, there's no reason you can't do it. It just might look a little silly. I mean... You could go the way of the backstabbing rogue at early levels in that you could be charging multiple foes. You could charge at one person and then charge at the next person and kind of bounce around the battlefield, kind of like running through the ranks, taking wild swings. Mm -hmm. Although you could also say that it's sort of a hit-and-run tactics kind Mm -hmm. of deal, like, especially if you've got a decent speed. Mm -hmm. You could be, you know, charging, moving past them, charging, moving past them. And if you're on horseback... Yeah. And see, I mean, that that just makes it even that just makes it uh, more credible. So uh, it is worth noting that your foes do not get a test to resist this. It just happens. Every enemy within eight yards of you just takes a minus one penalty on attack rolls because they are because you have unnerved them. They don't get a willpower courage test or anything to resist it. They it just happens. That's pretty nice. So worth keeping in mind. Uh, in journeyman degree, you gain your bread and butter for this specialization rally mode. Uh, with an activate action, you shout a battle cry, uh, maybe throw your weapon in the air, or hoist a banner, and with an activate action, the mode turns on. All allies within 8 yards of you gain a plus 1 bonus to defense and willpower morale tests as long as you keep it active. You don't need an action each round to keep it active, it just stays on until you turn it off with another activate action. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8 yards is four within 4 spaces of use, so that's not bad. Yeah, and if you're giving that plus 1 bonus to defense... And willpower morale, and then you're giving your enemies that 
within four squares, the minus one to attacks. Yeah, you that's effectively get... a plus two to defense. Like... Yeah, check it out. <coughs> Uh, the willpower morale bonus is likely going to have benefit, benefit NPCs more than it is going to benefit your fellow heroes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're going to be leading NPCs into battle, maybe if you're going and maybe taking part in some mass combat and maybe the G- the GM gave you some NPCs who come along with you, that can only help them stay in the fight longer. This is also a very good spec for, as we just previously discussed, NPCs that are going to be directing mm-hmm. like uh, troops on the battlefield. Yes. Uh, the Master Degree is your Rally Mode gets an upgrade. Not only does Rally's area of effect increase to 12 yards, but you and your allies also gain a plus one bonus to melee damage rolls and willpower courage tests. Willpower courage bonus is a bit more useful for PCs than willpower morale bonuses. When you, use, when you fight those monsters with abilities that require willpower courage tests to resist them, you and your allies will be more prepared. Yeah. It really willpower are... courage is a lot more useful to you yes. than willpower morale. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's only going to come... Honestly, that one's only going to come up as much as the GM makes it. Yeah, but, I mean, willpower self-discipline would have been ideal, but mm-hmm. courage can still be relevant. Thematically, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if you want bonus to courage, you're probably going to want that bonus to courage when that dragon starts roaring at everybody. And yeah. Suddenly everybody's either losing their actions or trying to get away. True. So, you know, worth keeping that in mind. Uh, and I mean, now it's all of your friends within six squares of, six spaces, squares, hexes, whichever one you happen yeah, to use. Yeah, 12 yards. I mean, that's, that's a plus one to defense. That's a plus one of willpower morale and willpower courage tests, and a plus one bonus to melee damage rolls. That's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you're doing. Twelve yards is like thirty-six feet. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's way. That's a ways away. That's that's a whole lot of space you got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what other specializations complement this specialization? And uh, honestly, this one just kind of works with all of them. Uh, Berserker is actually a pretty solid combo. Uh, a leader of howling warriors. Your bonus to defense from your rally specialization, from your rally mode, uh, actually helps counteract the penalty to defense from being in berserk mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're getting a bonus to damage rolls potentially from two sources instead of just one. So you're increasing your damage and you're increasing your friend's damage. Uh, not to mention, uh, berserk also is giving you a bonus to your willpower tests. So it, it works out very well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a not a bad combo. Mm-hmm. Probably a very solid like uh, a dwarven warrior or legion of the yeah. dead combo. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it, it was. But what you did is later coming up. I remember. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. I see you there. Uh, yeah. The next choice is chevalier, and honestly, these two probably Bread and butter. yeah, those probably go hand in hand pretty often. Chevaliers are are you know the elite fighting forces of the Orlais military. They're probably going to be leaders, and leading leading from horseback is pretty iconic. And because you're doing horse, you're doing uh, horse mounted charging all the time. It's probably going to be pretty be pretty well synergized. Yeah, honestly, I think that there's sort of a uh, like three major things that work together, and that would be like chevalier, champion, and guardian. Like mm-hmm. you're either if you're chevalier, you're likely either going to go chevalier, champion, or chevalier, guardian because both good choices. They're just sort of the solid, I'm the attacky one. I'm the defensey one. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of the defensey one. Speaking of the defensey one, Guardian and Champion go pretty well together. Uh, you're giving, because when you give that rally bonus, you're also giving a bonus to you, uh, you the person you're defending's defense. 
and in a way, in a way, you're also helping the defense of the rest of the party. You're probably not going to be using your novice power very much if you are mm-hmm. trying to defend somebody actively. I mean, it actually could be pretty good to like charge to have rally mode active, charge at the enemy who is next to your charge, and then declare that they are your charge. Also, I mean, you know, can't get knocked down. That's pretty neat. That's pretty nice. Can't get pushed around. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody, if somebody uh, takes a swing at your charge, you take a swing back at them. We'll be talking about Guardian more in a couple episodes. It's the last warrior specialization. Yeah. So it came when very that... close to being the uh, it did, yes. thing we talked about today. But I'm uh, a little still... glad that it didn't because I don't think we would have had time to get Caitlin in on this. And mm-hmm. I think she needs to be here for yes. this one. Yes, I think she'd appreciate being here since she played a Guardian. Very well. Mm-hmm. Very well indeed. Uh, and here comes that wonderful uh-huh. combo. Uh, Champion Reaver. Uh, a leader of Reavers is a pretty spooky concept. Uh, One that you took full advantage of. While the abilities don't really stack, like, imme- like immediately stack, you can do some pretty nasty combos being able to charge as a major action, debuff your foes with a not with the champion's novice power, and then use the ju- Reaver's journeyman power as an activate action to just give everyone a bunch of penetrating damage. Yep. The the 8 yard radius on your uh, attack debuff and the 6 yard radius on that Reaver's uh weird like boiling blood attack thing, whatever that is, it's it's a real nasty way to start a fight. Yes. Just jump in a crowd, give them all penalty to attack rolls, and give them all some penetrating damage. And also attack somebody. Did we mention that you still also get it, to attack somebody? You're also somebody? still attacking somebody already. <laughs> This is unacceptable. I mean, do it. It's cool. Um, next one is Spirit Warrior. Combining, I now... I that actually, feels super paladin. Well, actually, these next two would feel like different versions <clears throat> of the paladin. Yes. Um, combining rally, with mode, rally mode with Spirit Warrior mode does net you a plus two to defense. Because both of those give you a bonus to defense. That's not bad. No. And if you're reducing your enemy's attack rolls... Plus three to defense, in a weird kind of way. Yeah, and if you're in a demon-heavy campaign, this is going to be a Mm -hmm. useful pairing. Your allies are only going to appreciate everything that you're giving them, especially because (laughs) uh, getting some willpower tests against demons is probably going to be pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe. Some demons are pretty spooky. Some are pretty convincing. Hmm... Mm. How many times did we fight the same desire demon? You guys did fight that desire demon a lot of times. Oof. It was a good time. Uh, and of course uh, is Champion Templar. This is probably a common combo for Templars in leadership positions. Um, knight Commanders or Knight Captains might take Champion as a spec to grant their fellow Templars defense and damage bonuses against their foes. And um, the bonus to your defense from Rally Mode can also help counteract the penalty you get to defense from your master ability uh, from being a Templar with your magic canceling thing that gives you a penalty to defense after turning off all the magic within a short radius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's, I'm sure it's appreciated. If you like playing like Templars, this is a good way to go. So if you want to play the sort of the one good guy Templar who leads <laughs> the good guy Templars, then this is a good way to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I still like the idea of a Templar Spirit Warrior. I feel like that's going to be like a character that. rife for dynamic growth. For sure. <coughs> uh, now, there's a couple of things that we want to mention also to go with this. The uh, first one, of course, we want to reiterate the ease of access. Uh, this spec is pretty basic in terms of concept. 
You're just mm-hmm. you're you're a very loud warrior who inspires uh, inspires your allies and puts fear in your enemies. So it's not really specific to any country of Thetis. Anyone mm-hmm. and see in theory anyone could be a champion. Oh yeah. Uh, so your campaign may list this and potentially guardian or maybe shadow or and, and and or blood mage as always available specializations specializations that maybe you don't need to go an extra mile to unlock. Um, beyond, of course, mechanical requirements, you know, you still need that three com- communication and that three strength. Um, but your character might not need to seek special training or find a book or uh, find a trainer or go on a quest or whatever they need to do. It's true. It could really you can do just about anything here. Mm-hmm. All of it really makes sense. So just something worth keeping in mind. Uh, another thing worth keeping in mind is because you have that three communication requirement. That does open the door for your warrior to be added in role-playing encounters. Yeah, we did discuss this earlier, but yes. it is really something to keep in mind. A lot of warriors, I understand, probably feel a little left out in encounters that are not combat encounters. Which is silly, because I feel like warriors, by the you know, by merit of their uh, stat arrays, you know, having mm-hmm. communication as a secondary, have an easier time of it. Like... Yeah. It's a true story. Nobody appreciates that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, uh, this can be an excellent excuse to diversify. So consider it uh, with the, with a couple of the following talents. Like, uh, command is a bit more of a, a, a combat-based talent, but if you're planning, if your campaign is going to be a military one and you're planning on bringing NPCs to fights, uh, command can certainly be helpful. Or, you know, you can also have NPCs using it. Uh, and it it gives your and gives the NPCs that that person is commanding a bonus to willpower morale tests that you're also compounding with your rally bonus, so that can actually make a really solid villain who is leading enemies who will not quit because they are getting huge bonuses to their morale bonus to their willpower morale tests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to play that hero who refuses, like the really tough hero who refuses to lie down and die, like mm-hmm. this is a good way to go. This is this is a good sort of almost superhero style uh, mm-hmm. uh, specialization. Yes, where you just keep getting up. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, if you're because your warrior is a leader, they may also appreciate the oratory talent. It's very good. It is a very good talent, and it is actually also worth noting that the uh, uh, that the sway the crowd stunt. Which you will get bone. Which the journeyman degree of oratory is your. It hits. Is it hit two additional people? So it hits three people, or is it hits two people at a time? Because um, it normally sway the crowd means that a role playing. Oh, it thing, means it hits three total. Which is worth noting that uh, you can definitely combine that with the threaten stunt. Yes, you can. So you can. can threaten three people at the same time. Which I mean, you're bringing the fight to you. That's very champion. Go yes. for it. Uh, and if you're, if you're going to be a champion in maybe like into Vinter or in Orle or in Antiva, you may also Really in Not For Elven? Right. You may appreciate the intrigue talent. Uh, because you're going to be getting a decent communication, it is worth considering, I think. It is certainly worth it. All right. I've explained, well, it looks like we've exhausted the notes. Is there anything that you would like to add? I think we've, uh... I think we've championed this build for mm-hmm. about as long as it can be sustained. We will crow about this specialization at the top of the pile of bodies. 
I don't, I don't think that This is Dragon pun. Age. Does that count as War a... War Cry. It's not a pun. Rally. You can't just say the word rally. <laughs> I can shout key terms. That's not how puns work. Thank you for so much for listening to the One is a Thetis podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us on this rather short episode. We've no, got... apologize for the brevity, but... Yeah, we've got a, we got a busy weekend ahead of us. Uh, and see, as we mentioned, birthdays are happening. Whoop. Uh, and of course, we did a big episode last time, so hopefully this nice, balances out a bit. This easy episode to edit would certainly be appreciated. That last one was tricksy to edit. An adventure. An adventure. An adventure. Um, if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our new Patreon. Uh, if you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But granted, we might have some difficulties implementing some certain like updates and changes and new mm. material bef- until certain lifestyle things get changed. I.e., Ren needs some stable, st- stable time to do these things. Mm-hmm. My job currently has been a fairly <coughs> random schedule, so it's it's rough. It's finding... pretty hard finding time to do much of anything. But as soon mm. as that is rectified. Mm-hmm. Expect some cool updates in the future. Indeed. Uh, anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out. Unless you're mean, then it doesn't really help us out, I guess. Then it doesn't. But, you know... But, yeah, tell us what we need to improve, and we'll improve Exactly. Absolutely. So, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. Thank you so much for listening to one of the fittest podcasts. We'll catch you next time. See you later, everybody.